Welcome back to another Nurein episode. As always, I'm I'm not Samaya. You know, I sometimes say that and I'm like, <laughs> I'm Asil, and sitting across from me is Samaya. And this is totally unnecessary, but we're in a recording studio, so this is like exciting. <laughs> You're literally in a soundproof room. Yeah. In our library's campus for the first time. It's nice in here. Yeah, we don't have to worry about our siblings <laughs> making noise or anyone like in the background so literally a soundproof room like that's so crazy (laughs) it's actually really really nice um we might have to keep doing this i know right like in the middle of our school day be like hey we gotta go record it's very convenient but anyway i just thought that was like some information you guys might want (laughs) they don't need to know that but anyway so today we are going to be talking about parables in the quran and just for some reference as to why we even decided on doing this episode in the first place um sumaya and i we're are both kind of separately, but at this point, kind of together, taking a class, um, an al-Maghrib class called um, Lost in Translation. It's like on the al-Maghrib like Faith Essentials portal or whatever. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. yeah. And so one of the episodes in that, that series talks about the parables in the Quran. And honestly, after we both went through it and we both like took notes on it, we were like, this this is amazing and we should share the knowledge because that's the whole point of this podcast knowledge is power um and so yeah to start off i want to start off with just kind of talking about the purpose of a parable the purpose of a parable is really just to reflect on the meaning of something right and so it says actually in surah al-ankabut these are parables we set forth for humanity but none will understand them except the people of knowledge and that comes to show that, especially when it comes to parables, right, it's not something that is meant to supposedly instantaneously click. You have to be able to have, you know, critical thinking skills and be able to really sit there and and, and ponder on it and have to debut on it and be able to sort of deconstruct it and be like, okay, what exactly is the message of this? What exactly is trying to be conveyed to me? Um, and so, subhanAllah, the Qur'an does this best, obviously, because they're the divine words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and so in this episode, there was a parable mentioned from Surah Ibrahim. And so I'm going to just kind of pass it to Sumayya and we're going to go through the, the three ayat that really talk about this. And we're going to kind of dissect it and see how can we apply the lessons from this parable into our lives. So yeah. I think that paying attention to where Allah makes these parables is such a significant way to like connect with the Quran on a deeper level. Um, because, you know, even when I was going through this one episode, um, you know, as part of this bigger class, I, I knew all of these ayat, you know, I had, I had memorized them before I had recited them many times, but the parable itself never really stuck out to me, you know, there, to me, it, you know, it was just reciting. It didn't seem like it was anything significant, but subhanAllah, when you go into the, um, the meaning and the you just you really recognize that there is so much depth and when Allah draws these parables you have to pay attention because a lot of the time he's describing what you should be like and that's kind of the premise of this episode what is the believer supposed to be like and how are other people supposed to react to that you know so in Surat Ibrahim starting from ayah number 24, and then we're going to go to ayah number 26. 
I'm going to read the translation of these ayat. So Allah says, Do you not see how Allah compares a good word to a good tree? Its root is firm and its branches reach the sky, always yielding its fruit in every season by the will of its Lord. This is how Allah sets forth parables for the people, so perhaps they will be mindful. So just looking at the ending of that ayah, like we, we were just talking about this whole parable concept, and Asid mentioned the verse in, in Surah Ankabu, it's very similar to this, to this uh this ending. But Allah says that He sets forth these parables for us so that we will be mindful. So it's not meant to be something that we just read over and you know glance over and just keep going. It's like, okay, Allah wants me to be mindful, but what exactly am I supposed to be mindful of? And you're not going to just, like Asin said, it's not just going to click automatically. It actually takes a lot more than that. It takes deeper research, delving into the translation more into the tafsir. Why was these, why was, why were, why were <laughs> these ayats revealed? What was the context? Um, and yeah, so we're, we're primarily going to be talking about these two ayats. But then Allah says in ayah number 26, and the parable of an evil world of an, oh my God, sorry, bear with me, okay? I don't know why today is just not working. And the parable of an evil word is that of an evil tree uprooted from the earth, having no stability. And before we delve into anything, really, I just think that this is so interesting because Allah's comparing trees and words, right? You might think on the surface level, like, what does that even have to do with each other? Like a tree and some words that you say. But the thing is, Allah says that the evil tree and these evil words have no stability. They're uprooted from the earth. And to me, when I think of that, I think about people who don't have faith in their life, people who choose not to have faith in their life, people who are making that conscious decision of, you know what, I'm better off without this. And you recognize that those same people, they really don't have stability. They're kind of deluded in the sense where they think they're okay without religion. But when you talk to them and when you, when you hear their worldviews and their opinions and their perspectives, you realize that they're not actually rooted in anything. They don't have anything guiding them because they've chosen not to have that. So I think it's so interesting that Already Allah is, is telling us in, in twenty in Ayah twenty four and twenty five of the Surah, like as a believer, right, you're the, the parable is that you are like a tree that's firmly rooted in the ground. And I think I mentioned this in the previous episode. I don't know, I remember that I said this, but I said that, you know, the the roots of a tree, they're not easy to uproot. Oh yes, I said it that. Was for our and, friends yes, episode. exactly. You can't just pull on a root and it comes out. You know, if you've ever tried to pull out a root, I feel like I've done that, you know, when I was younger. It's super hard to get that root out of the ground. So, that compared to someone who has no roots. You know? Yeah. There's a big big difference. This kind of plays into our um before we get into what this episode was, this um, lecture that we listened to was talking about, it kind of plays into our sequoia tree episode that we oh, yes. that we recorded back in July, yes. and um, we were talking about like the resistance of a sequoia tree and just it's all of its properties that makes it so so resilient and all of these different things, and we tied that back into into being a good believer, into being a believer, into being that when you have your iman, when you have your faith. You know, even if like a sequoia tree, for example, when it's hit with fire, like 
it the outside of it is almost fire resistant and that's almost like what happens to you whenever you're a true believer whenever you hold on to iman whenever you hold on to faith you're able to go through all of these different seasons you're able to go through all of these like extreme weather changes all of these extreme hardships and all of these different things and that's because of the will of Allah that's because that's what happens when you're holding when you are deriving your power from the almighty your right strength. your strength yes. um so I just find that really interesting and going back to the sequoia tree because I did a little bit of research on them their roots go out hundreds of feet hundreds like they are like a whole network is underneath those sequoia trees it's, it's honestly it's 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 Incredible, amazing yeah yeah and so the same thing kind of applies to to us as muslims as believers is that like Samaya was saying, you have to have your strong roots. It's hard to uproot, you know, strong, solidified roots. But it's even harder when you have a network of other roots intertwining with yours, when you have others, oh. firm believers, holding you down, holding you strong. And that would have been a yes. really good point to add to our friends I episode. I love that. But that's the reality is that whenever you have a network of other believers with their roots just as strong and you guys are together, you are united you 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 derive your power from them you're holding on to them while holding on to Allah it's a beautiful it's a beautiful balance it's a beautiful that cycle that's very beautiful yeah. I also want to mention our mm-hmm. episode the moral compass oh yeah where we kind of talked about well if you don't have religion in your life like what is that guiding principle um so yeah go back and listen to those they're pretty, pretty good. good they're they're pretty far back um more in the beginning uh, at least the moral compass was a mm-hmm. while ago um but it was a good episode though yeah Yeah. kind of a shorter one um before we started recording super long episodes i realized that we haven't recorded in a while and i'm like maybe that's why i'm a little bit rusty so our past few episodes have been pre-recorded and i'm like why do i feel like i can't do this (laughs) why can't Um, i talk we we fell out of the groove of it but it's already been 10 minutes so yeah yeah i think that something i found really interesting at least when it came to this particular um class that we were taking and and when I came across this one episode in the class that we're expanding upon today I like I said I knew of these ayat in surah Ibrahim but Sheikh Walid Basuni who was talking about this parable he said that these ayat in surah Ibrahim talking about the tree and the good word that specifically it's referring to a palm tree Mm -hmm. and I never knew that before I did not know that this was referring to a palm tree I thought maybe just any tree, really. Um, so today we're going to be talking about how the believer is like a palm tree. And subhanAllah, there were so many extensive descriptions that I was like, this is so beautiful. Um, but I wanted to bring up a hadith, um, a couple of hadith, actually. There is a hadith where the Prophet says that the believer is like a palm tree because the believer bends but doesn't break. And that's a point we're going to mention, so I'm not going to expand upon it. And then another one is that he said that the believer is like a palm tree in which people can benefit from it in all in all ways. And that's another point we're also going to bring up. So it's not just in the Quran. It's actually something that the Prophet ﷺ also brought to our attention. So... Um, yeah, the believer is like a palm tree. Do you want to tell us how? <laughs> we should just call this episode a palm tree. Um, yeah, so I actually have my notes pulled up because I did listen to this class a while ago. And I honestly knew nothing about palm trees until I listened to this class. So yeah. I learned a lot. Um, so what's the connection between a believer and palm tree? Like Samaya started off by saying. So he first started off by mentioning that the older the fruit of a palm tree, the older the date of the palm tree, the better it is, the sweeter it is. Um, 
And that's kind of like with all fruit. You have to like make sure that, you know, it takes some time. It ripens. It ripens and all of these things. But he's like, to compare it to a believer, right? The older you get and the longer you live with your iman, the, and the way I translated it was, the sweeter the fruits of faith are. And I think that's really beautiful. It's because the the longer you sustain your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, your the, the sweetness of faith, the fruits that people bear from that and that you bear from that, right? Whether it be your service to the community, whether it be your knowledge, your wisdom, you sharing that with other people, or just your in, your your intimate private acts of worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it 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 is fueled by so much more. It's gotten a chance to fully ripen, it's got a chance to sweeten. And I think that's honestly a very simple point, but it's it's really beautiful. I think something else, because Asid was saying, okay, well, you know, the longer you live in Iman, the sweeter your faith becomes. But I think also the way that I kind of took it was the longer that you're living in Iman, in faith, in dedication to Allah, the more you will get to actually experience the sweetness of faith. So if you think about someone maybe who converts to Islam later on in their life, which is obviously amazing, but a lot of them wish that they would have been Muslim sooner, right? They wish that, that, that they always would have had this Islam as a part of them. They wish that they, they would have recognized at least that it was a part of them because of course the fitrah is a part of everyone. Mm-hmm. So you think about people who don't get to experience that sweetness of faith their entire life, right? And you think about yourself, someone who was born and raised Muslim, you know, that's the biggest blessing a lot of the time we neglect our faith because of that, right? Like you'll see converts who are doing like way more than you ever did. And you're like, whoa, okay, I need to do more. Um, But a lot of the time we don't recognize how crucial it is to have that faith and how sweet it actually is. So many people are Muslim and they they claim they're Muslim. Maybe they pray pray their five prayers, they fast Ramadan, but they wouldn't be able to tell you that they understand what the sweetness of faith actually is. So I think that this point, it's super important for us to open our eyes and open our spiritual heart and recognize that we are blessed to be experiencing sweetness of faith in any capacity, whether it's five years, whether it's your entire life, it's a blessing, but recognize that the longer you live in Iman, the more you get to experience the sweetness of faith. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, longer it's a longer period of time that you get to do that um and that's a huge privilege yeah no i love that a lot and i think another thing is as you were talking subhanallah it's crazy like maybe two weeks ago or something we actually had a conversation about converts and i mentioned how they're going to taste the sweetness of faith that we people as born as muslims will never will never experience and this is not included in the lecture at all but i'm just thinking about it like there are palm trees but there are also different types of dates there are also different types of sweetness of faith that we experience right there's there's so many different kinds of dates some are a little bit more bitter some take longer to ripen you know than others some are harder yeah some some are sweeter there's so many different things so it comes to show that even if you feel like you necessarily haven't experienced the sweetness of faith yet don't compare it to maybe the relationship that Allah that somebody else has with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? The sweetness of faith that Sumayya might feel in certain areas might be entirely different than the sweetness of faith that I feel in, in certain sure. areas. You know, and that's that's the beautiful that's the beauty of of Islam. That's the beauty of this religion is that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives special attention to each 
in every single one of us. He's the one cultivating our, the palm trees. He's the one cultivating us. He's the one that's helping us grow, you know, taking care of us and watching over us and all of these things. But as soon as you take out that part of comparing your sweetness of faith with other people's sweetnesses of faith, you'll come to realize you've been given your own very special blessing. You might not necessarily have majdul dates, but you can, <laughs> or however you pronounce it, but you can have sakari dates. You know what I mean? So it just really, it just depends on you and your relationship with Allah. So stop, stop comparing yourself to other people, right? Converts will always experience something that we we Muslims born and raised will never will never experience, and vice versa. You know, and it applies in so many different ways. You know, some people, their their form of ibadah that they really, really feel connected to is through the Quran, is through reciting. Other people, they could fast, you know, like they love to fast. They feel like they're in a constant state of submission in worship. Some other people can spend a lit- quite literally a third of the night just standing and praying. It, it differs from person to person is what I'm trying to get at. And so while, yes, we are all palm trees, we're also, we also are all letting off different fruits we're also letting off different types of dates different variations yeah and i think that that's really beautiful that you mentioned that we all have our different ways of connecting and i know we've said this before in previous episodes but that's what makes islam so approachable right mm-hmm. you don't have to be like me or like a seed or i don't have to be like a seed it doesn't have to be like me for us to connect with allah we're different types of people and allah knows that And for that reason, he's given us so many different avenues to connect with him. I want to expand on your point a little bit. Mm -hmm. Also, yes, there's different types of dates that have different types of sweetness, bitterness, hardness on the exterior. I hate hard dates. I'm just, (laughs) I just want to bring that up and, you know, put that out there. But um, also the same date softens over time. Mm, So there are some dates that when you pick them off the palm tree, they'll be super hard. But when you leave them out for a little bit, they get softer and softer and softer. And I think that that is something that we have to apply to our lives as well. If you are someone who maybe is a little bit hard, a little bit harsh hearted, you know, whatever the case may be, recognize that you have the ability to soften and faith does that to you. Faith strengthens you, but it softens you. And a lot of people in the modern day and age think that softness and strength don't go together. But that could not be more wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that faith shows us that. You know, the Prophet ﷺ, even he used to kiss his grandchildren, his children. He used to show that emotional vulnerability. And even, you know, a man came to him one time and said, you kiss your children? And he said, whoever doesn't show mercy is not going to receive mercy. Mm-hmm. So softness and strength are not opposite each other. Softness, I think is a direct reflection of your strength, knowing that you can be soft with the people, that you should, right? I think that that is so significant. So if you're a hard date, you can become a soft one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that a lot. I love that a lot. And it's, it's kind of, this has nothing to do with the episode, like whatsoever. But subhanAllah, like when Samaya was saying that, how like softness and strength kind of go hand in hand. And this ties into many of the other episodes we've talked about, like the... Like the ones about righteous families and things like that. But like that's kind of like the dynamic that you should expect within your own household, right? Within within your own relationship with your spouse, right? It's that you balance each other out. One gives you strength and the other one softens. And that's that's the beauty mm-hmm. that's the beauty of a mother's mercy, you know, and a father's love and, and, and strength and, and wanting to protect, you know, protect you all and take care of you all. So I think that's something so beautiful too, is that you have to always find that balance within your relationships but also within yourself. 
you're not going to find it anywhere else within other people to help balance you out if you're not willing to see it within yourself willing to see okay am i do i have that strength or do i have that softness and what what is compatible with me you know so that was just a really big tangent but anyway um okay so the next the next point he made was every part of the palm tree can be used it basically nothing nothing can go nothing goes to waste when it comes to the palm tree and i think that's something that's really interesting is because like a lot of other trees right like what are you going to do with the leaves like you know what i mean but the palm tree right you can take the old dead branches you can make it into wood you know you can use the seeds of the day quite literally everything from the inside out they have found a way to utilize you know it also comes to show that every part of a believer, every part of a mu'min can be used, right? When we speak, we speak with remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we behave, we behave with remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single aspect of us ties back into Allah. It ties back into our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we help others, we do it for for his sake and his sake alone. Um, and it also comes to show there's something that we should apply within our own lives is to make sure not to be wasteful with the good things that we have been given. You know, really, really take advantage of the blessings that you have. There is na'ma and everything. Just like, you know, you can take the old dead branches and make them into something. The same thing can apply to your life. Don't be wasteful. You know, don't be the type of person that will only take the, the date or only take the part that's obviously you can use and completely neglect everything else, right? Don't only focus on a certain part of your iman. You know, for example, um, I'm trying to think. For example, becoming a very, very knowledgeable person and you, you spend hours and hours, you dedicate your life to studying Islam, but you're not, you're not implementing it into your actions. With other people, like Samaya is saying, you're not soft. You know, you're not you're not kind, you're not considerate, you become harsh, you become rigid. That's not, that's not the way of a believer. The believer is all-encompassing the way a palm tree is all-encompassing, right? You take and you use as much as you can, and that way you can be able to use whatever services you have to be able to help others for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. You use everything that you have for Him, you know, and it's going to pay off in the end. I think that this is a really great point of the fact that people should be able to benefit from you through every aspect of your life. Um, And that's not just benefit in terms of like at the masjid or you help someone read Quran or whatever. Obviously those are all great things, but also just on a daily basis. At school, people know that they can rely on you. People know that, you know, you're an organized person. If they come to you with something, you're going to, you know, put it in in the right place. You're gonna do it correctly. All of these things. and, And I think this is something that we've been expanding upon as well, but just because you're Muslim does not mean that you're only Muslim like around other Muslim people. Non-Muslims should know you're Muslim, whether you're wearing the hijab or not, whether you're a guy or a girl. People should know you're Muslim because of your distinguished character. Um, and something else, so he mentioned this point in the lecture last, but I think it ties in very well with this one. He also said that in comparison to other trees, the fruit of the palm tree is very easy to collect doesn't take a lot of effort, doesn't take a lot of work. You can just pick the dates. And he said in the same way, the believer should be easy to approach. We should have that character where people know, again, like I said, they can come to us about things. They can come to us with things. They know that if they come tell us, they are going to be in good hands. If they come ask us of something, they're going to be in good hands. If they come ask us for help, we're going to do it better than anyone else would. That's the kind of reputation that you should be building with the people. And this goes back to our reputation episode that 
think we put out like two weeks ago. Um, but you should be someone who is, again, soft, easy to approach, um, and distinguished by your character and by the qualities that Allah mentions in the Quran. But again, how are you going to know what you're supposed to be like if you've never looked? Mm-hmm. If you don't, you don't look in the Quran, you don't pay attention when Allah gives the call to the believers. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Is that just another ayah you're reading? Or is it something where you're like, this is me. I hope that I'm one of these. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. So what do I need to do now? Right? So I feel like I mentioned this a lot, <laughs> but you have to be able to know what are you rooted in? Just like the tree. The tree's rooted in the soil, in the ground, right? But what are you rooted in? Yeah. You say you're Muslim, but if you don't read the Quran, you don't know anything about really who Allah is. You don't know the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Like, what are you rooted in? Where are you actually um, deriving your characteristics from? Right? We should be saying, I want to be this way because the Rasul was this way, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I want to be this way because Allah praised this characteristic in the Quran. Right? So yeah, we, we say, yes, be kind, be all these amazing things. But we're not just saying that because it's decent. We're saying that because Allah told us these are the people that go to Jannah. They have X, Y, and Z qualities, X, Y, and Z characteristics. So be beneficial to the people from all aspects and be easy to approach, right? Be, be someone who it's easy to collect the fruits from. And by fruits, I mean those things that manifest in a person, right? So for example, if you're going to someone because you need someone trustworthy, you need some advice from someone trustworthy, are you going to make that so difficult for a person to come to you for? Or are you willing to offer those fruits that you have, right? Those little words of wisdom, whatever it may be. I think my point hopefully is clear. So I just thought that was really beautiful as well. Like be someone who's easy to approach, not someone who's stern and hard um, and just not non-approachable. No one likes a non-approachable person, yeah. right? I think that's something that's really interesting. He also mentioned in that very last point that... It's almost like the the trunk of a palm tree. It's subhanAllah the way that it's it's been created, it's easy. It's almost like it's stairs that you can climb to grab the fruit. You know, you don't have to like you don't have to like attach yourself and harness yourself to make sure you don't fall. No, you can literally just easily climb the palm tree. And I think that's something so interesting too to show that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's engraved this within us. You know, this is part of our of our flawless design it's that once you've become in tune with your fitra once you've become in tune with all of these qualities and characteristics that sumaya is mentioning that are from the quran that are from the sunnah the things that are beloved by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you'll so soon to realize that without any effort you are easy to approach you are easy to climb you'll realize that your true your true design is is being shown and is being used to its fullest capacity I think that's something that's really beautiful. And another thing too, when you're talking about the believer is easy to approach, it's also that the believer understands that it's easy to approach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. You know, I think we often forget, um, and I use that phrase a lot, but seriously, we often forget that, that you know, our call isn't certain, but Allah's response always is. And I, I think that when we remember that, we remember that it's easy to 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 take the sweetness of iman and it's easy to bear the fruits of faith, right? We just have to go and do it in the first place. We just have to go and call upon him in the first place, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always there with open arms. You come to him walking, he's going to come to you running. You know, all of these things, he will always be there for you if you have to approach him first. And it's not hard. 
you know it's not a hard task you can just do it at any moment it's never too late to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a believer understands that a believer understands that it's easy to approach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's easy to follow his message it's easy to to bear the sweetness of iman and give yourself the proper conditions and the proper environment to let those those dates and those that those fruits to continue to ripen you just have to give yourself a chance that's another point and it kind of goes back to originally right that we often we expect things to be done so quickly we we rush our growth so much right but like we were saying earlier with the the older that's the date is the sweeter the sweeter the fruit is right the same applies to us i feel like in the, in the world that we live in, we want to finish things so quickly. Oh, I need to do this so I can get to the next step, so I can get to the next step, so I can get to the next step. Slow down. Like, seriously, just slow down, especially when it's coming to your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, respectfully, and the, our imam always says this all the time, right? But what's the point in memorizing, 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 if you're not understanding the deeper meaning of it? You know, what's, you know, it says that, you know, some people, when they fast, all they're going to get out of that is hunger and thirst, right? If you're not slowing down and you're not really thinking about the true meaning of things, and you're not taking your time through these things with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, understanding that he's accompanying you every single step of the way, you're not going to give yourself a chance to let your fruits ripen, you know? So that that was kind of all over the place, but... I think that something else, so Asid was mentioning that it's easy to experience the sweetness of faith. And I think that's an interesting point because there could be a lot of people listening that are like, I don't think that it's easy to do that. I've never felt that before in my life. How do I get there? Why are they saying it's easy? And I think that this is where obviously it's subjective depending on people's experiences. Objectively, it is easy to be a Muslim. Allah lays it out very clearly for us. He gives us everything we need to know all the motivation, right, to do better. He gives us those things that we should stay away from because we should be scared of the hellfire, of the punishment. All the steps are very clear. We know everything that we need to know. Objectively, it is easy, right? But for a lot of people, they're thinking, well, I don't find it easy. And of course, it's difficult when you're living in the West. I'm not saying it's it's easy to outwardly be a Muslim all the time. I'm not saying that when you're when you're surrounded by all these horrible influences that it's always going to be easy to stick to your to your roots, right? It's not always easy to do that, but Islam is an easy religion to follow. Mm-hmm. Now, sweetness of faith, right? Cuz some listeners may be like, "Well, how is that easy?" I think that and and maybe Asil can have a different opinion, but I think that the first thing is that we think a lot we like to overthink all of us and and i'm guilty of this as well but we think too much that's the thing right we're always thinking about how 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 why 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 and i think that i'm saying that word a lot (laughs) but we really what we need to do is we need to do less thinking and more applying Mm -hmm. we don't always have to understand why we don't always have to know you know, why Allah said something, why Allah, whatever. We don't always have to know. But what you can do is you implement and then you seek the understanding. A lot of the time, people use the excuse of I don't know yet and I'm still looking as a way to just prolong the process, as a way to like postpone it, delay it, do it. Honestly, you're never going to understand the purpose until you just start. 
right? Someone could be saying, someone could be saying, oh, you know, I don't want to pray five times a day until I know why I need to pray five times a day. A lot of people are seeking a deeper meaning than just because Allah said, right? But you're not going to experience any benefit from the prayer until you start praying. Same thing with hijab, right? Why should I put the hijab on? I don't get it. I don't, whatever. Just do it and then you'll understand. You don't always have to know 100% why, but if you know that Allah said to do something, you do it and then you seek the understanding. And to a lot of people, that's like very like, why did she say that? That's crazy. We, but we are a people now who always feel like we have to understand and we don't. We really don't. So if you're someone who's thinking, why are they saying... Why are they saying it's easy to, you know, experience the sweetness of faith, blah, blah, blah. Start. Mm -hmm. Take that first step. And I think this is something that we mention a lot as well. But, but, just start. Take that first step. Just do it. You're never going to be ready. Just do it. And then the sweetness of faith comes from there. I think if anything, we have to work on our certainty in what Allah is saying is true. We have to know that Allah is true and that his prophets are true and that his angels and his books and his messengers and all these things in the day of judgment and the unseen. We have to know that all of these things are true to then be able to act upon it. Certainty allows us to sacrifice. So if there's no certainty, there's nothing. Because then why are you doing anything? Right? So I think that that, that was just something that I wanted to mention because you were saying it's easy to experience the sweetness of faith. Objectively, yes. But each person has to be able to understand, how can I do that? You just do it. You just do it. See how your life changes. No, I love that a lot. And I love that you gave that clarification because, like, from my perspective, yes, I was definitely speaking about the objective form of the sweetness of faith, as in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is easy to approach. You just have to take that first step, like you're saying, right? And sometimes, you know, within our own everyday to day lives, it is easier to, to feel like you're getting close to that sweetness of faith. And then other times you feel like you're very far from it. For sure. Almost as if you're doing things and it's, it's routine, it's habit. You're not necessarily feeling it as much for whatever, re- well, for whatever reason, right? And that's okay too. But you don't just stop all of a sudden when you're not feeling something anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you will pray a prayer and you, you know, there are certain prayers I personally remember with myself and I'm like, wow, like... I don't know if I'm ever going to feel that again, right? But I'm not going to try to replicate that feeling every single time I go and pray because then I'm just going to get discouraged. You know, some days I got to pray on campus and I have to run to class. You know, of course, I'm not going to feel necessarily the sweetness of faith, but I'm not going to feel it in that moment, right? Because there are things that are occupying your day to day, right? So as long as you're in a constant state of remembrance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you show that you are trying, it's going to come to you when you least expect it that sweetness, that subjective sweetness of faith that we're talking about, right? But going back to the objective, Allah subhanahu wa is always there, ready to approach, right? He's easy to approach. You just have to, you just have to go to him and just pour your heart out to him and just do your due diligence of answering his call so your call can be answered, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we should try to implement into our lives a little bit more. Um, and then I had another point, I can't remember it, but... The next part of this um, of this class, and this is something that I think is really, really interesting. And I mean, I, for one at least, should probably apply this to my life a little bit more. But it says, some 
you know, some plants, some trees, they have a certain season for them to grow, a certain season for them to, to flourish, right? But the interesting thing is palm trees don't. And we're similar to that, and we are in a constant state, we should be in a constant state of worship all year long. Now, I mentioned this, and I the reason why I feel like this one especially is 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 extremely applicable to all of our lives is because Ramadan is coming, right? Yeah. Uh, like we're about we're we're recording this episode in what it's like February February it's the beginning of February. We have a month. Pretty yes, much. we have basically <laughs> a month. Um, and Ramadan is coming up, and it's usually when Ramadan you you feel this sense of tranquility that yes, you're not going to feel the rest of the year. Ramadan is special, right? Hundred yes. percent, it's blessed, right? But we also forget that there are also there are other blessed sacred months, right? Mm-hmm. That follow Ramadan and that are before Ramadan, right? We choose we choose to only focus on Ramadan and then after Ramadan, خلاص, we drop the ball. I'm not saying this applies to everyone, but I am saying this applies to the majority of people, right? And even for speaking on my behalf, I'm not perfect, right? In Ramadan, we might pick up certain habits, we might pick up certain things, we certain goals. We do so much more. We do. We, we exert ourselves yeah, yeah. so, so, so much, right? And we should. Yeah, and we for sure. As we should. That's what the purpose of Ramadan is for, right? But if you're not holding on to those things and you follow it into the next month and into the next month and for the rest of the year, then there's a problem. Then there's this this concept of the palm tree that we're not implementing into our everyday to day lives. You know, it's not only that you fast during Ramadan. It's not only that you go to the masjid. Um, it's not only that you go to the masjid for Tarawih or that, you know, you go to the masjid for Eid, Eid Salah. Or you only it's, pick up your Quran during Ramadan. I know, like it just comes off the shelf like once once a month. Once I mean, a once, once a year, Yani. That's not, that's not the way a true believer should be, right? And we all, we all can grow in this regardless of how high our Iman is or how low it is. In Ramadan, we are entirely different people. That's just the reality of it. That's just the that's just the way that month is structured. But it's meant so that way you can at least hold on to a little bit of it. Like seriously, hold on to a little bit of the habits that you develop in Ramadan. Try your best. It might be a little bit more difficult, obviously. But if you try, you might be able to hold on to 50% or 75%. It might not necessarily be 100%. No, there's, I mean, if you're able to make every single month feel like Ramadan, that's amazing and you know something that I don't and I would love to learn, Right? But you can't just drop the ball. You can't just be like, oh my God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am in your house of worship every single day for an entire month. And as soon as our Eid Salah hits and I can go and I can go and eat again, I'll see you in a year. Like, no, no, we're not taking a siesta. We're not taking, you're not, we're not, we're not leaving. We're not hibernating. We're not hibernating. (laughs) That's the word I was looking for, not a siesta. But seriously, return, you know, if you come to, if you came to the masjid, you know, six out of the seven days during Ramadan, try to come three out of the seven. Try to just come at least half, right? And then come once, once a week, soon, come once come a week, once a week even, even. Right? <laughs> and it'll you'll end up becoming, you know, a friend of you know, become a regular visitor in the house of Allah. You know, and who knows? Maybe just keeping on to one of those habits will will make you become a friend to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. I think that's something really interesting that um, I often like to think about it's like what is it like becoming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's friend and then the reality is that we're never gonna really know if we are his friend or not but we're gonna know that the sincerity of our intentions the sincerity of our behind our actions of whether or not we genuinely try to strive for that and the thing is it's not like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like us where he has a capacity on the amount of close friends he can have right but the reality is he can have as much or as little as he wants right and you could be chosen for that 
but maybe there's just something more that you need to be doing just a little bit more just a little bit more and you keep reminding yourself i could i could be there maybe i just need to go a little bit more maybe i just need to fast on thursdays oh i already fast on thursdays maybe maybe in order to to, to get this beautiful amazing status i also need to fast mondays or maybe i need to increase myself in my solo all of these things right it could be that just that next step and then after that next step it could just be that next step look at it with optimism look at it with with this 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 positive mindset with this positive outlook don't look at anything like it's like it's impossible like obtaining the status of being allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's friend look you know what in jannah what, what what are we told that we are going to be with those that we love do you want to be with the prophet muhammad i mean i do right so what am i going to do i'm going to go and learn about him so i can truly love him as if he was part of my as if he was literally physically part of my life not that he isn't but like you know physically there right if I want to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if I want to be able to be given the privilege of, of looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being able to be there, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to learn to love Allah. I'm going to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So on the day of judgment, he'll be willing to talk to me and all of these things, right? So the first step is recognizing that it's not just Ramadan that you should be having this mindset. It's not just Ramadan. It's the whole year. It's every single day. It's every single minute, you know? You can start right now. You can make the intention to start right now. There's no, oh, I have to wait till the next month. Oh, I have to wait till Monday. Oh, I have to wait till the new year. No, 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 no. The season for a believer is year round. It's all the time, just like that of a palm trees. Yeah, I like this point a lot too, because he was saying that the palm tree produces its fruit all year long. So you as a believer need to be a believer every single day for the rest of your life and produce your fruits every single day for the rest of your life. Sometimes it's really hard to be, like Asif said, we have fluctuations. Some days are great, some days you just don't feel that great, you don't feel that connected. You don't feel like being that kind, you don't want, you're just in a bad mood. It happens to every single one of us, right? But you have to be able to produce your fruit all year long. You have to be approachable all year long. You have to be kind all year long. It's not, like Asif said, it's not once a year. Um, I think she did a good job of going through that Sorry. entire point. I don't really have much to add, but the next one, this oh my is a God, good one. I was waiting. I was like hoping I would be able to say this one. Sorry, go ahead. Um, so this one was so interesting to me and I loved it so much. So the Sheikh was saying that the palm tree gives more than it takes and does not need a lot of attention in order to grow. So for a palm tree, you don't have to keep watering it. You don't have to keep being there. You don't have to, you know, some other plants you have to, like they're really high maintenance plants, but palm trees are not. And they give more in the sense of you can use the entire palm tree. They give more than they take. They don't need a lot of water in order to grow. They don't need a lot of sunlight in order to grow. They have very minimal growing conditions, but you can use every part of it. So in the same way, as a believer, you should be giving a lot more of yourself than you're taking from other people. And you shouldn't need people's attention in order to develop yourself. And I think that that is so crucial. A lot of the time people, and especially in this society, we're so focused on other people and what they think and what they're doing and how we can be a part of that. You know, we're so focused on that. But the believer does not need attention 
and praise and all of these things in order to grow. Of course, everyone likes to be recognized for what they do every once in a while. Everyone likes to know that they're they're doing something right. When someone says, oh, you know, this is great, thank you. You know, we all appreciate that. But it's important to know that you don't need other people to really know about the things that you're doing. You don't need other people to constantly be telling you good job. There are things that you should keep to yourself. I think the majority of the things that you do, especially for Allah's sake, should be kept to yourself, right? Of course, people see that on the outside. They see that you're helping. They see all these things, but you don't need people's attention and people's eyes on you and people's praise and order to develop yourself. That's what you don't need, just like the palm tree. And you give a lot more than you take from others, right? So I think what you have to ask yourself in this regard is what are you giving to other people? What is it that you can give? What are your fruits? Again, coming back to this concept continuously, what are your fruits? How are you benefiting yourself? How are you benefiting your family? How are you benefiting your friends? How are you benefiting your community? How are you benefiting every single person that you come in contact with? And I'm not saying that you're always going to have to lend a hand to someone that you just see, you know, as you walk by, but the way that you carry yourself, What is that making someone else think about you? The way you're representing your Islam, that's a benefit. So you have to be able to ask yourself, well, what am I actually offering to the people? And this doesn't mean that you change yourself for their sake. No, that means that you act the way that you know that Allah is pleased with and you just go about your daily life like that. People are going to be attracted to you. And I don't mean that in a weird way. I mean that they're going to be attracted to the person that you are and the light that you're able to emanate because of how you're living out these principles. We were at, um, we were in Chicago at, uh, at Mass Ikna just like, what, like a month and a half ago or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who said this, but one of the things that I wrote down, one of the quotes I wrote down was that Allah will take care of his deen. The question is, will he use you to take care of his deen? Oh, yeah, I remember. And how is he using you to take care of his deen? So Allah is going to take care of Islam. He will. No no doubt about that. He absolutely will. But is he going to use you as a means of doing that? I mean, imagine Allah saying specifically, I want this person to, be- to benefit the ummah. You know, I want this person to teach this other person. I'm going to make this person come into this person's life so that the latter person can benefit them. Imagine Allah specifically wants you to be the one that's benefiting his, his ummah. What, how is he allowing you to do that? And is he allowing you to do that? How? Every single one of us can. That's the thing. I think a lot of people think it's just like specifically for people of knowledge and shuyukh and imams. and But no. Like I said, you going out in your hijab and wearing it properly and proudly, that's a benefit to the ummah. When someone comes and asks you a question about Islam, can you answer it? That's a benefit to the ummah, right? When someone just needs help, that's a benefit. When someone, when there's stuff on the road and you pick it up, move it out of the way, that's a benefit to the ummah. It's not complicated. Don't overcomplicate it. And like Asid was saying earlier, don't become like overcome with this, uh, this feeling of, oh, it's impossible. There's no way I could ever get to that point. Don't make it harder on yourself. Allah said this religion is easy. He said, ما جعل عليكم في الدين من حرج. Allah did not make in this religion upon you any hardship. But do we believe that? That's the thing. Do we actually believe that? Because you might think, well, I go through this and this and this and this. 
But is it hardship? Is it hardship if it's bringing you closer to Allah? Yeah, it's difficult to go through. No one's going to deny that. But what are the fruits that come out of that situation by itself? So I know I strayed a lot, but what I'm trying to get at is that you should be always benefiting the people, the community, anyone that you come in contact with. They should be impacted by the way that you just carry yourself. And you don't need people's attention in order to grow. Just like the palm tree doesn't need that much maintenance. No, I love the approach that you took on that a lot. It gave me a different perspective because it's not the way I thought about that point. But I think that was absolutely beautiful. The way that I perceived it, and I guess I'm just going to add this one point on because I think Samaya did a phenomenal job. I was thinking about Prophet Musa and the story of when he was in so much need. He was, he, he had basically nowhere to go, right? Then he came across those two women who... <coughs> Who needed help basically collecting water. I think that's what the story was, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what did he go and do? He went and he offered his services to help them because, you know, it was a male-dominated area and they weren't able to come in to, to do what they needed to do because, you know, their father was old, so they had to take on this task. He's like, let me help you. So he went and did it. He gave them their things and he called it a day. He didn't ask like, oh, by the way, do you have this? Do you have that? No, he was in need of so, so incredibly much, Right. But what did he do? He went and he provided for them. And then he, he left and he sought refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he knew that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was going to provide for him regardless. When we start to rely upon Allah instead of other people, that's where the true sustenance, that's where the true sustenance remains. That's where true contentment lies, right? So kind of just going off of that, and that's a beautiful example found in the Quran of just how Truly, when you do things just genuinely just to want to help people, and then you return back to Allah, it's like, Ya Allah, I have nothing, you know? Ya Allah, I'm in this situation. Ya Allah, I'm in this and that situation, right? He's going to find a way to provide for you. Of course he is, you know? Allah SWT is always there looking out for us, right? But it doesn't matter how much need you are in. It doesn't matter how much you might need from other people. Go ahead and try to do your, go ahead and try to do your best to provide for other people. Go ahead, and even if it's just something small, right? You might not necessarily be the richest and wealthiest person on earth. But if you see someone that is in a lesser condition of you and you just give a little bit, there's actually hadith about this, and you just give a little bit of what you have to help them, knowing that, okay, that might be taking away from your minimal amount of wealth, right? That is far better than the one who has this incredible, incredible amount of wealth and only gives a certain percentage of it. There's a hadith. I don't know if you're like looking for it or not, but... No. Okay, well, you know, that's basically the concept of the hadith, right? And so that's that's the true way of a believer. That's that's the way we should really that's the really that's the way we should really be focusing on our interactions with other people is knowing that we receive our help from Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah alone. Um, yeah. I think that I want to just add a couple of things here. Um, the thing is it's not that you can't ask people for help, Mm-mm. but and I don't remember I, I heard someone say this but ask Allah first. Go to Allah first. A lot of us go to Allah as a last resort. We're like, we tried everything and now we have to make dua because nothing is working. But ask Allah first. A lot of the time Allah gives you these openings and he provides you with help through other people, right? Or through any other means. But when you go, when you need something, even when you don't, ask Allah first. Talk to Allah first and then seek out whatever worldly, you know, whatever worldly... um. I'm trying to think of a word and I can't think of it, but basically the factors that will help you in a worldly sense, seek those things out. 
But ask Allah first, not as a last resort, right? Ask Allah first and then go about your worldly life and try try to seek those opportunities to help you. It's like <coughs> saying, okay, I don't have a job. I need a job. But then just like making dua and not doing it and just sitting on your couch. No resume, no applications to any jobs, no, nothing. You think Allah's going to give you a job like that? No. But if you make dua to Allah continuously, you go to him first, and then you start trying to find a job, Allah's going to open doors for you. And something else that my, 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 my dad once told me that I always remember, he always tells me, um, if you help others, Allah will help you. So that's another way to kind of think about it. Like, you know, you were, you were talking about uh, Prophet Musa. He helped those women first. Then he made dua. And then an opportunity came to him. He got married and he got a job. <laughs> you know, he got like double whammy. But it's because of how he did things. He helped someone else for Allah's sake. Then he made dua, a general dua. Whatever you have in store for me, Ya Rab, that's good, grant it to me. I need it. I'm in desperate need of it. And then automatically response. Right? So help people, help others, and Allah will help you. No, I love that a lot. Um, that goes back to the whole thing of that that's the reason why you really have to delve into the Quran. That's the reason why you have to delve into the Sunnah and the Sirah and all of these different things because otherwise you're not going to see prophetic examples that you can relate to. I think that's, this is a tangent, but I think that's something that's so beautiful about, about our deen, right? It's that these were prophets. These were chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to convey his message. <clears throat> and yet, you can still relate to them somehow. I mean, how, sure. how, yeah. how amazing is that? You know, we see royalty in this day and age, and we see all of these things that they have, these prestigious, prestigious people, right? And yet, sometimes it's like, man, I could never relate to them. Are you kidding? Like, my life is like X, Y, and Z, you know? And all of these things, but... The ones that were chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can relate to them. And that's just another reason as to why you should really, really, if you haven't yet, study these stories. Start, you know, start, just open the Qur'an and really just sit and ponder. Use the knowledge that you know about this world and really think about the ayat, about the meaning behind them. There, there's, there's so much meaning. And, you know, if you don't do that, then you're, I don't want to say you're missing out on a lot, but you really oh, but are you missing are. out yes. on, on so, so much, you know. You know, and Samaya said something. She said that you might be answering, I mean, you know, through other people, your dot might be being answered or all of these things. Assistance from Allah might be coming through other people, essentially, right? But also recognize you could be answering someone else's dua as well. Through helping somebody else, you could be answering their dua. And because you did that, it's going to get reciprocated to you somehow. It's going to return back to you somehow. You know, it always does. The reward of goodness is nothing but goodness. I always think about that too. Like, what if. I'm the answer to someone's prayer. Yeah. And I don't mean that in like <laughs> a romantic sense. But what I do mean is like someone could have been sitting there making so much dua and then somehow I just come across them. And somehow we end up on a conversation on a certain topic and it's like, oh, That's I can actually help you. You know, you just you never know. You never know. Yeah. And then lastly, and this goes back to the first the hadith that Samaya brought up. But this was the last point that I have written for this Um for this class and it's that when we bend when we bend away we can soon bounce back and i think this is something that like a palm tree right it just it kind of just flops back into its place and i think that's something that um we often refer to a lot throughout our episodes is that even if you turn away from the straight path if you know it's there 
and you've already had your heart attached to it, it's much easier just to turn back around. You always have that chance. As my mom always tell me, you always have a second chance until you, until you're halas, until your last breath, basically. Um, and I think that I think that's something that we often not only do we think about ourselves like oh halas, like I'm too far gone, but we also think about that for other people. Ooh, you know, yes. we see other people and we're like oh my god, they are like they're a mess. Like, there's no way that they what can bounce they back. Exactly, right? <clears throat> and, you know, we don't realize that they have just as much capability, if not more, to bounce back than you might have. You know? Sometimes sometimes you need to be flopped around. Sometimes you need things to... That's not. I didn't mean that in a weird way or anything, but sometimes you really do need, like, you know, a palm tree when it blows and the wind blows hard. Like, you know, you need... To, you know, it bends. It, it moves back and forth, Right? But it comes back. It always does come back in the end. And if, you know, someone has, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a certain need for somebody and he knows that he's going, that this person is going to be used this way and this person is going to be used that way, you know, and there is good for somebody, we are not the ones that can sit there and judge and say, oh my God, they're too bent. They've gone too astray. They're all crooked with their ideals and stuff. There's no hope for them. No, absolutely not. When you're doing that, guess what you're doing? You're going down a path that was not that you should not be going down because you're judging other people because you're filling your heart with arrogance because you're filling filling your heart with the sense of ego that you in a way are better than this person who in this state right now might be a little bit of a mess, you know, for whatever reason. But also remember that you don't necessarily know what they've gone through. You don't know what they've experienced you don't know what they're doing behind the closed doors maybe in public they might not necessarily seem like they are on the right path or they might seem like they're quote unquote too far gone they're too they're too bent they've gone too astray but we are not the ones to judge for that because we don't know everything about them unlike the all hearing unlike the all seeing we don't see everything we don't hear everything and therefore we shouldn't take on this mentality that we do we shouldn't take on these assumptions about other people that, oh, they're doing X, Y, and Z because of this, or, oh, they're doing this because of that. No, we shouldn't do that. We should remember that we can also bend, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might not necessarily give us the chance to bounce back. If anything, he might just make us break. We'll bend a little bit too much. You never know. Allahu alam, right? God is all-knowing. Only he knows, right? And so when, when we're thinking about this, yes, we need to apply this to ourselves. We also need to apply it to when we're looking at other people as well. I think it's so interesting because I took a completely different perspective on this. <laughs> For me, and this, so I have another point written down as well about how the palm tree is known as one of the most patient types of trees. And what this means is that it endures a lot. Like think about the, the environment of a palm tree, typically very hot, very dry, very humid, um, very like harsh winds. If there's like a sandstorm, like desert environment, you know? So it endures harsh winds, it endures droughts, it endures all these things, but it doesn't break and it doesn't die. And it waits until the relief comes. So we as well, we've been given the tools to persevere. We've been given the tools and the ability and everything that we could possibly need to keep going. And that's another reason why you should know these things like the Quran and the Sunnah and the seerah and you should have a connection with Allah because those are your tools. Those are the most powerful weapons that you have in your arsenal, the prayer, the dua, Quran, all of these things. So just as a palm tree is very perseverant, 
very patient. It's able to go through those periods of very harsh uh, external environment, very harsh uh, conditions, but it doesn't die. You know, it doesn't die when there's little water. It's able to conserve. It uses its resources in the same way you have to use your resources and you have to recognize that your resources are not drugs. Your resources are not forms of escapism. Your resources lie with Allah and his revelation. And if you're not looking, then how are you going to know that? So when it comes to this whole bending thing, like I said, the believer, and I've said this, I don't remember which episode I said this in, but I don't believe a believer breaks. I don't believe a believer breaks. Yeah. I think that we can bend. We can bend very, very uh, far. Is that what you would say? I don't know. You can bend a lot. Maybe you bend a lot to the point where your leaves are touching the ground. Maybe they're dragging on the ground. But even though you're experiencing very harsh difficulties, it doesn't mean that you can't bounce back. So Asita's talking about it from more of a sense of like, your faith might waver, and it will, it always will, right? You might have these these uh, times where your ability to connect with Allah is very difficult. It's hard. It's different. Maybe, you know, you entered a different season in your life or you were, you're surrounded by different influences, whatever it may be. For me, I'm talking about it more of a resilience perspective. Your ability to go through things and not just fall apart, right? You don't just break. You don't just die, I was going to, never mind. <laughs> I was going to make a joke. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. But okay. what I am going to say is you as a believer should be perseverant and resilient. You go through difficult things and you bend. Maybe you're bending for a while. Maybe, like I said, your leaves are dragging on the floor. But that's not an issue. You can just come right back up at some point. You know? So when there's pressure on the believer, just like when there's pressure on the palm tree, when there's pressure you always straighten yourself back up. And you you will. It's honestly unconditional. You will if you have a lot in your life as the center of your life. There are people that are going through things that we can't even fathom, but they are like the most positive people you know. How? Where do they get the strength from? It's from the Quran, from Allah. And we're seeing this with the people of Gaza. You know? So what I want to say, and as, as Asil was talking, I kind of thought about this as well, but... Isn't it more beautiful to bend and then to come back up? Isn't that an indicator of greater strength? Honestly, because for someone that hasn't been tested in difficult ways, you know, and Allah knows what each person can handle. So it's not, um, it's not like, you know, some people are just luckier than others. What it is, is Allah, Allah is able to give people different tests, different responsibilities, but don't see these difficulties as like negative signs, right? I think it's a lot more admirable. There's a lot more strength in people who bend. Maybe they bend in, in the way that I'm talking about. Maybe they bend in the way a lot, and oh my gosh, the way Asina's <laughs> talking about, but they come back. Yeah. And I think that that's way more powerful than someone who's just cruising. Because what do they know? And we're all going to be tested again in different ways, but if you're able to bend to the point where you feel like you're going to break and then you come back, I think that that is beautiful, right? And it's the same way with the palm tree. Um, so when you rely on Allah, you're able to do that. You're able to bend but not break. 
No, I love that a lot. Um, you were you were talking, and I had a really good point. <laughs> I cannot remember said point, but I feel like, oh, man, what was it even about? That really sucks. Oh, I remember now. I always do that. I'm like, I can't remember that I remember. Um, but as you were talking, I was thinking about your perspective about this. And I think it's really interesting because usually Samaya and I have very similar outlooks about certain things. But this is just a prime example to show that it's so beautiful having different minds look at, um, <clears throat> sorry, look at, we both listen to the same exact class and yet our perspectives on this are completely, completely different. Um, and I think that's, that's beautiful. But anyway, going back, um, you were talking about hardships and how when you were thinking about the bending, you were thinking about the things that the palm tree is put through. And obviously, we always say this, but there's always a reason behind the storm. There's always a reason behind the hardship. There's always a reason behind the wind blowing. And I mean, just think about any tree. This is applicable to to pretty much any any plant, any piece of wildlife, but even the palm tree, yes. You know, sometimes when there's a really, really strong, you know, really, really huge weather condition i can't think of the right word anymore but like a weather condition right what happens is sometimes things will fall off the tree dead branches will fall sometimes um rotten dates things that weren't very strong in the first place um, will fall right and to recognize that there is always a purpose behind that hardship there's always a purpose behind it maybe allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just in a way is just purifying you of your rotten dates of your rotten fruits right because maybe you would try to go and harvest those instead or maybe those would end up taking over your whole tree. Allahu Adam, I don't really know how a date tree works, a palm tree <laughs> works. But I'm just saying with nature in general, that's typically how it goes, right? Is that once one thing becomes rotten, the rest of it becomes rotten, yes. right? Sometimes things rot from the inside. And so you have, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to put, has to put, you know, has to put the, the wildlife and the nature through these, these trials of, of harsh weather conditions. So that way... It can almost clean it, almost let it start from a new slate. Yeah, that's hard. And sometimes good things will fall too, but there's a reason for that. You know, maybe if you held on to that, you would have become arrogant. Then you would have bent the way I was talking about, right? Or maybe you would have you would have gone and harvested a bad date, right? So realize that there's nama, there's goodness in everything, right? From the hardships, from, you know, every single aspect of our lives. Um, and another thing too is like, think about, for example forest fires there is a purpose behind those it's extremely destructive right they're you know it's 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 um devastating to the environment but there's actually a beautiful wisdom behind them and it's that you know sometimes the land itself needs to be needs to be scorched from scratch that way new things can grow and the same thing applies to us right as palm trees right sometimes you need to be put through something so you can give room for new new fruits to grow so you can get, give room for new new leaves to grow and all of these things. So you can better utilize all the different aspects of the palm tree, all different aspects of you for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes we have to have a fresh new outlook of on life, but that requires us to bend first the way Samaya is saying, right? And then going back to the way that, you know, I, I perceived this one point, um, I just want to add that I think that where that is coming from, and I've mentioned this a lot throughout the episode, is but it's your sincerity of your intentions. Like genuinely, because you might be looking like you're doing a lot of good things. It almost might be like an optical illusion from like one angle. You look like a straight up palm tree that's, you know, bearing all of these wonderful fruits and stuff. But then you can people keep walking and keep observing and they realize you're doing it all for the wrong reasons. 
and you're all bent and crooked and you might not even realize it. You might have been in that state of being bent for so long that you've become accustomed to it, right? So you think that you're doing all the right things, but it's because like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You might be doing it to please other people. You might be doing these things in hopes that you get in something in return from from others. And and the reality is that we shouldn't we shouldn't do that, right? We should always before we do anything, before we even try to harvest our sweetness of faith, before we even try to harvest certain things to help other people, remember why am I using that certain part of me? I'm doing this for the sake of Allah. I'm doing it for the sake of Allah. And, and only then Will you be truly what that palm tree is supposed to encompass? You'll be truly what that good tree is supposed to be like, right? But if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, chances are you're 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 letting off your fruit too early because you're just trying to impress people. Or you're you're letting, I don't know, you, you're betting you don't even realize it, or all of these different factors, right? So this is when introspection comes into play, right? We talked about all of these amazing qualities, that's great. And sometimes we think we have these things, but the reality is we don't. You know, so really dive in deeper. Think, why am I doing that act? Do I only pray sunnah when other people are around? Do I only take my time in salah when other people are around? Do I try to amplify my my, recit- my recitation and the beauty of my voice only when other people are around? But whenever I'm alone, I don't even recite, you know? Because if you are, the reality is that there is something, you're, you're the sweetness of your faith. You haven't got, given it a chance to fully ripen yet. You haven't given yourself a chance to really achieve what you want to achieve and so your dates are rotten in a sense right and that's not what anyone wants right so reevaluate why you're doing things reevaluate how are you using the different parts of the palm tree how are you how are you utilizing these things what type of fruits are you letting off so that way inshallah you can really really encompass this idea that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing through this this beautiful beautiful parable I think that surprisingly I don't have a lot to say but I think that you just have to kind of ask yourself, well, which type of tree are you going to resemble? And what I mean by that, I don't mean like palm tree versus like sequoia or whatever. What I mean is taking it back to Surat Ibrahim. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be the good word that resembles the good tree? Or is it going to be the evil word that resembles the evil tree that has no roots, no stability? Which one are you going to choose to embody? Which one are you going to be conscious of? Right? Because like I said in the beginning, these parables are not just there. They're not for no reason. Allah says he puts them in the Quran for people who are going to be mindful. People who are going to reflect. So first of all, are you going to answer that calling? Are you going to be someone who reflects? Who's mindful? And are you going to implement this now into your life before you do anything or say anything? Or with the way you behave, am I going to be a good tree that's rooted firmly in the ground, that's very stable, that knows exactly who he or she is? Am I going to be that or am I going to be someone who doesn't have that stability, who chooses not to have that stability? I love that a lot. That was a good episode. (sighs) That's a wrap. (laughs) If you guys have access to the Faith Essential um, portal, if any of you do, I highly, highly recommend you listen to that series. It was called lost in translation um absolutely amazing but just for a little dua ya allah please allow us to become like the good tree that you are describing in the quran allow us to embody all of these beautiful characteristics so we can become part among your friends so we can be with those that we love in jannah jannah al-firdaus al-a'la and so we can do 
your the duty that you bestowed upon us which is spreading the message of islam in the correct and proper fashion so yes i mean i guess now we have to start planning our ramadan episodes because oh it's so soon we have like a month but, guys a little over yes. a month but this is exciting so um with that thank you guys so 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 much to listen for listening to an hour and 11 minutes not bad on the it's shorter end not bad <laughs> i don't know what happened all of a sudden we went from like recording 45 to like an hour 15 alhamdulillah today <laughs> wasn't too rough yeah. I, it took a second to get back into like the groove of things but yeah, but alhamdulillah so anyway here we are <laughs> with that thank you all so 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 much for listening and if you guys have better ideas on how we can intro and outro this you can share. Yeah. Because um, I'm getting sick of saying the same thing. But <laughs> thank you guys for listening, and inshallah, you'll hear from us next week.